0: You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more
1: shows at soundtalentmedia.com. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocal script top C, and you're listening to my podcast, Vox and Hops, right here with fellow metal musicians talk about their lives, music, and craft beer. I hope that you are staying safe during the madness that is COVID 19. I hope that you are with your loved ones. I hope that you are close to the people that you love. I hope that you're reaching out to them and staying in contact with them using technology to our advantage right now. I am at home with my family. It is beautiful. I'm really enjoying it. I'm going outside, staying safe, staying away from people, going for walks. It's very important to still move and to stay active during this crazy times. We can't just succumb to sedentary life. Get out there and move. If you are wearing gloves, if you are wearing uh, protective face masks, I would ask you just one little favor. When I'm out on these walks with my family, I am seeing far too many discarded gloves and face masks just thrown on the floor. If you're, gonna, if you're done with your mask, if you're done with your gloves, put them in the garbage. Take care of them properly, please. There are kids out there. It's just a small little favor that I'm asking of you. We're all suffering, but the planet doesn't have to suffer that much more so that we can stay safe. On today's episode, I am back with Zach Coleman. Super stoked to have him back. He is the drummer of Chemists, and he is one of the main dudes behind True Brewing. Here it is, Vox and Hops, episode number 126.
2: I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed.
1: Hey, what's up, everybody? Today, I am back with Zach Coleman from Chemist. Super good to be back with you. Uh, situations are different. Last time we were at Barassari yep, we had such a nice time. You went back there after your show, you let me know afterwards, and you enjoyed more of their great German-inspired brews.
2: Yeah, man, it's uh, it's good to be talking to you again, but uh, I think about that place a lot. The beers were so good. I want to go back, mm-hmm. so <laughs> next <laughs> time we're up that way, it's definitely on the list.
1: Absolutely. Huge shout out to uh, Barassari Harricana, one of my favorite places in Montreal to drink some out of the box craft beer—they're not making anything normal. Nothing hype, which you gotta respect.
2: Oh, absolutely! And they were just nailing all of the styles they were doing. It was really great.
1: Let's just touch on the fact that that we're not together. We're we're both at home. Uh, how are you feeling? How are you coping with uh, everything regarding COVID nineteen?
2: Oh man, um, it's a mixed bag. Uh, it's been really strange. Obviously. But uh, it's stressful, especially at work, and we didn't know what we were going to do at the brewery for a while. Um, we were, there was a lot of back and forth on whether we'd be able to stay open and continue producing. Um, and it, w- it came to be that, yes, we were able to keep making beer and sell it to go, so we can uh, sell beer to go when we set up a little shop at our tap room to do that. And then we're also selling, um, to liquor stores. And last year we, we bought a canning line and the timing of that, I mean, couldn't be more fortuitous for now because now we can just shift everything to cans. Um, and you know, some breweries around us, aren't that fortunate. Uh, who just are able to package into kegs. And um, so it's ended up working out all right on that front. But that's certainly been stressful and been occupying a lot of my mind and brain power and trying to fix a lot of the uncertainty is really what's stressful. Um, You know, are we going to be able to continue to pay staff and not have to fire everybody? And then can we continue to pay ourselves and can we pay our bills? and So it's just been really, um, stressful, but, uh, it's starting to settle in, into something that's okay. I think, you know, the funny thing for me, man, is like my personal day to day really isn't all that different because I'm such a reclusive, uh, homebody anyway. So it's Okay. (laughs)
1: I agree with that i've been mentioning it on a bunch of the interviews that i'm such an introvert i love staying home and just being with my family that the only thing that's different is that i'm not going to see shows to chat with all my friends but i'm hanging out with more people as we're doing right now which is, is 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 still nice but it's not exactly the same
2: yeah totally i i the main thing for me is not being able to have band practice uh like not being able to play music in a room with the other guys is really driving me crazy i have a little I have an electronic kit here in my basement that i 'll play, but i mean obviously that 's not the same you know
1: well cryptopsy was in a in a cabin in the woods when all of this really went down when Trump uh, banned international flights yeah, I feel like that that was the turning point when everyone took this seriously, and we were up in this cabin in the woods writing the uh, our new album and we were like oh is this really gonna happen is it just all gonna go south and then it really did and we're still writing now but using zoom as a platform to to still get together but in order to cryptopsy to write we don't really jam it out it's more of like a built upon the riffs and then we all take it home and work on ourselves so yeah the stage that we're at right now it's okay but if we had to get into a jam room we would be in trouble yeah
2: yeah i i uh it's funny because we're working on the the next chemist record album four right now, and we're really rolling on uh, the writing sessions, and that's basically all we've been doing because we don't have that much touring or didn't have that much touring planned for this year, um, and so we were just honing in on that, and uh, it's the way that we write is a mixed bag. I mean, usually how it works has Ben and Phil uh, will bring riffs, or they'll. uh, throw them in a Dropbox folder, do some some amount of song structuring sometimes. like Sometimes it'll just be two riffs together and sometimes it'll be an eight minute song, kind of more or less formed. But then we bring it to the practice space and kind of pick it apart together and um, change stuff and work out structures and it always ends up being vastly different than that and so much of that process is interactive. It just I feel like the songwriting has just really slowed down. I know the guys uh, are still you know, playing, playing guitar and bass and stuff with Dan uh, um, as much as they can and trying to throw out new ideas, but you know, it's definitely affected the writing process for us.
1: Yeah, I don't think that the, the technology is there to remotely jam yet. If any tech-savvy people are listening and you have an answer for that, please send it our way so that we can help the whole music community do a like a virtual jam where it actually sounds right.
2: I think that's the thing so much of it is just about like the feeling and the sound and it all being, you know, in a room together. It's just going to be really hard to <coughs> recreate that stuff, so I don't know. It's, it's strange. That's the thing I miss the most. But otherwise, it's largely life as usual for me. So it's kind <laughs> of weird. Still,
1: you still wake up early and you go brew beer.
2: That's it, man. Just, just
1: for everyone listening, I, I forgot to premise before that, that you are one of the main dudes behind True Brewing yeah. out of Colorado. Yep. So you still wake up early, head to the brewery, start brewing some brews. Are you still brewing at the same pace or did you have to scale back with everything?
2: it's really close which is awesome and i don't know that that'll last we'll see um it's part of it's been the ebb and flow um because when what happened with the shelter in place announcement at first is our mayor kind of bungled the announcement and said that liquor stores and and producers were going to have to shut down so there was this huge rush to for everybody to stock up and so uh, you know, we we sold through all co- you know like huge amount of beer in in that couple of days, and that was awesome and terrible for us because we thought we were going to have to shut down. And then he was like, "Oh, actually, just kidding, that can stay open." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, which is good. So right now we're keeping at about the same pace, but it really is a week by week uh, call. I mean, the thing that I've been doing is. We had beer in process initially, so finishing out that beer and by what I mean is just packaging that, putting that in cans. um, And then I just refilled all the tanks and was like, okay, we'll just see and we can kind of hold on to it and process as long as we need. And we're still moving beer, so I'm still pushing it through. It's slowed down a little bit, but it's not. Uh, crawling which is great I mean it's it's still moving at a pretty good pace and I hope it continues
1: it's all those people that are restocking that, yeah. that showed up in those first two days exactly they, they've gotten through that first like stock of beer so they're coming to restock but
2: I, know, I don't know if it'll last you know that's we just don't know how it's gonna go but
1: uh, it changes every day though too with like, exactly. what's happening with COVID I, I work in childcare yeah. up here and every day my boss is sending us some new email that that things have changed and uh, the government is uh, re-evaluating everything every day, every minute, every hour. Yeah. Up here, too, they, they've granted uh, breweries to be an essential service. Which yeah, same for us. I am grateful for, obviously.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, me too, man.
1: <laughs> I, I need my craft beer
2: what are you drinking these days since we're oh, there we
1: go that's that's, that's uh, yeah. on my side i have something very special to me i've been drinking it a lot on these episodes because i was supposed to have a party at henderson brewing company yeah in toronto oh cool yeah i am the sponsor for devastation on the nation featuring rotting christ bork Wolfheart, wolfhart abigail williams and imperial triumphant and i was going to host a, an after party there so this was the very first of vox and hops collab brew this is a black lager called devastation it clocks in at six percent i think it's a little higher actually i want i want to ask them because i keep finishing them and feeling a little bit more buzz than a six percent yeah should feel it's a classic uh, german lager it is nice and malty but uh, a little bit more hoppy Mm -hmm. it's it's really 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 good and smooth what do you got on your side there
2: I haven't opened it yet because I've been waiting. I've been... This is a cool beer for me to bring to this, which I'll tell you what it is. But uh, so Dunham Brewery, Brasserie Dunham. uh, I was given this beer by a buddy of mine, Luke. And he lives in Montreal and is a rep for YCH Hops there. And he was actually at... The brewery the last time we talked and i ran into him after we talked as i was walking out he was there drinking a beer on his way to go to the chemist show and it was totally random um but uh he dropped us off uh, to our brewery at uh the craft brewers conference this last year and it's just been sitting in my fridge ever since and i thought man what a better opportunity to kind of tie everything full circle but anyway uh brasserie dunham and it's a uh, beer to fooder so it's fooder and I don't know, I'm excited to drink it. So I've been waiting for an occasion and this just kind of ties everything together. It's uh, 4.7%, batch number two, uh, grisette. So rye grisette fermented in a fooder, uh, which sounds, I mean, right up my alley, so.
1: Uh, what is the difference between like a, like a barrel and a fooder?
2: Fooders are uh, just bigger. So like, um, they're really big oak vats. Um, they can range in size. Um, the smallest ones that we have, we have a handful. Um, the smallest ones that we have are about two and a half times the size of a normal barrel. Wow! So yeah. those are pretty small still, um, but obviously bigger than the barrel. And then we have others that are um, fifty hectoliter. So which they may I think all of New Belgium or most of New Belgium's fooders are. 200 hectoliters or something like that. So they, they get fairly large. Um, and you see them a lot in uh, kind of traditional sour beer places uh, in Belgium, a lot with the spontaneous brewers, the bigger ones, um, Dre Fontanen and that kind of thing. Um, and then you see them a lot, too, actually, um, with uh, Czechvar um, kind of barrel-aging lager some of the more traditional places that have been around for a long time have used these vessels for, you know, storage and fermentation, but they're big wooden, big wooden vessels.
1: Massive shout out to, uh, first off to Luke, cause, uh, since that night when you introduced me to him, yeah, we've become friends online. Yes, and He's uh, supported the podcast. He's a Vox and Hops head. Awesome. My, much love, and I love my Yakima Chief Hops. So uh, they, They've been pulling up some Sabro Hops up here. Yeah. And, and pushing those pretty hard on people, and I really like that hop. It's got a nice little fl- uh, flowery profile that I really enjoy very much.
2: Yeah, definitely. Oh, that's cool. That's really cool to hear, man. That. that. And also,
1: a second shout-out to, to Brasserie Dunham, because really one of Quebec's premier... Mm-hmm. Micro breweries, uh, they just make fantastic brews, hands down, every time.
2: I, I agree. Cheers, man. Cheers, Zach. How is that? Oh, it's great. <clears throat> really nice. Um,
1: Are you deconstructing it? Last time we spoke, you... you
2: Absolutely. Instantly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we
1: spoke about how, how you have trouble disconnecting from being a brewer. and
2: This is great, though. This
1: Trying to s- analyze every every aspect of a beer just by taking a sip yeah
2: yeah i the main thing i'm not really getting too deep into that but the the balance on this beer is super nice um it's got a, a a really like balance level of acidity um a little bit of funk but nothing offensive uh which i like i like a little bit of that character but not a lot um man just really nice um food or beer i don't know what to say it's just really well put together and balanced um acidity a little bit of malt character it's got kind of um but there's something like uh floral in the nose as well um super easy to drink very dry yeah great i've had a few other of their beers and they've just been fantastic so i'm not surprised
1: that they they have a Crazy party, like a beer event, at the in, in August. I think it normally is. I don't, hopefully, it's going to happen this year with, with everything that's happening. Who knows? I think it's called Foudre Uni. Oh, cool. and they sell tickets like in January, and it's sold out immediately. And there's like time slots where you can go. Yeah, uh, they bring in. Uh, it's like a huge beer fest where all like the top breweries show up from around that little area and from down in the states. They come up. It's a very cool, very cool uh, elite craft beer experience.
2: Sounds awesome
1: what is uh, something that you've been brewing that you're excited about uh that uh has been uh you've been ex- you've been excited about
2: yeah um there's been there's a couple of things uh one of the things that we just packaged was a vienna vienna lager which is um just like an amber lager german style obviously um and uh We had brewed it a couple of times on our smaller system, which now has been decommissioned. And this was our first time scaling it up to our slightly bigger system. Um, And I changed a lot of things from the recipe of those initial batches, Um, just stuff I had learned. And I chemists toured Germany um, this last year, and I got to try a lot of different beers on the way, and I had a bunch of monastic lagers there. Um, and yeah, just having those, the yeast character was so interesting. So this is a roundabout way of saying, I'm really excited about our Vienna lager. I ended up using a new yeast that was uh, what I could hunt down stateside that was closest to the, those uh, monastic lager fermentations. And uh, yeah, it turned out just super nice. I'm I'm really happy with it. The balance is, is really great. And uh so that's one and then the other thing that's fermenting right now is a weird one, but um as we as we do. Um it's a Quike Norwegian farmhouse style beer. Uh I guess uh say year and a half ago or something like that. Uh went to Norway and through connections of a couple of friends was able to go brew Norwegian farmhouse beer brought back the yeast I know we talked about this but I've been using that yeast to do like kind of a quarterly uh quike style beer quike fermented beer with that yeast and this one is a weird one it's uh slightly malty i based it off of a sweet soup which is like a a strange tapioca based norwegian um soup that's got like dried fruit and raisins really?
1: that's really badass
2: yeah and so i i used some like special bee malt to try to get raisin character uh threw in some cinnamon some lime peel or oh, sorry lemon peel um yeah well it's a uh, and of course junipers in there as well because uh, i try to keep these beers uh, so a foot one toe in tradition there um so that's fermenting right now and that'll be out for spring even though it's a weird springtime beer i figure and why not
1: so no, it's interesting it's in uh, the kavik always brings out very interesting notes that i always appreciate very much let's talk about this new ep
2: yeah, let's talk about the EP, man. Um, Which is
1: why you're doing a press blitz right now. Exactly. We'll do our due diligence and cover that.
2: God, it's so. it just feels so weird to be promoting anything right now that is not the virus, you know? It's just like, well, obviously not promoting it, but talking about anything other than that. It's just so
1: all-encompassing and, and paralyzing everything.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of glad that we have this to talk about, because I think having art and artistic expression is super important. So, you know. Um, but, yeah. Um, we, the whole idea for this thing kind of started, um, we did a, a, a song for Decibel Magazine. They do a Flexi series, and we did a song for that. Um, right, pretty soon after we put out our second album, Hunted, we did the Decibel Flexi, and then that was the only place to get that song, and people were asking us to put it put out that song, make it more widely available um, fairly regularly, so we knew we wanted to do that to some degree, um, and then a little bit later that year, we did a split with our, our friends in Spirit Adrift, and that was a fairly limited release, too, um, and we knew it would be cool to combine those two tracks in a more widely available format somehow so we just kind of were thinking about what to do and we all love zz top um and i have i've had a tradition um brewing at work uh, especially i'm from north texas originally and i moved to denver about god eight plus years ago um but every Friday I would listen to Fandango and then listen to like the 70s <laughs> albums, uh, the, the classics, the first four or five albums, because um, I would be homesick and it would just remind me of home. And uh, I just love ZZ Top. So every Friday for the last, like, I don't know, nine years I've been doing that. And uh, it, it ended up turning into a tradition with a band as well. Um, so kind of every-
1: on drives, you guys put Throw It On the ZZ Top.
2: Exactly. And then it morphed into just everybody doing it in their personal lives. And so, uh, you know, we're all kind of fascinated by ZZ Top and, and love the Fandango record because it's just such a, a kind of like weird little thing. and But that record is half live and half studio tracks. And so we started looking at that as a model of like, man, it'd be cool to record a show. And then we we have these two other tracks so we could do half live throw this on the other side and and kind of put together this thing but we we knew we needed another song at least to fill out the studio side and so we I I really I'm trying to remember exactly like I feel like we went to the idea of doing a cover really quickly um, just because with a few exceptions we really try to, we like keeping original songs to the albums, um, try to have As much focus on that as possible, except for when we're really kind of exploring, um, outside of like, you get so honed in on writing sometimes it's, which is like in a good way that you, you have a really focused, creative output. And so you don't want to pull away from that. But like when that's done, like, say like we finished hunted we had like a bunch of ideas kind of bouncing around. And so we were happy to do that flexi track cause it let us try something out and be like, uh, oh, maybe we'll go this other direction actually. Um, and so, but right now we're kind of honed in on this album and like the sound that we have going. So it's like, I don't really want to pull from that, you know? So we knew we wanted to do a cover and I'm trying to remember who brought up Dio. It was Ben or Phil. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we all love Dio. I mean, Dio's a master, and so oh, the
1: metal, me, a metal king.
2: Yeah, yeah, of course. So when it came up, it was like, oh, fuck yeah, let's do that. But also, how do we do that respectfully
1: in, in your in your style too?
2: Exactly. Yeah. So we knew we wanted to. So we we thought Rainbow in the Dark would be really fun to do, and uh, we started working on it. And it, it was coming together really quick. Um, so we knew we were kind of on to the right thing then and um, just went with it. Um, but And it was really fun to kind of analyze that, break it down, but also make it our own thing while paying respect to the original, of course. I mean, that's that's the main thing, you know. It's like, man, we just, how do you do that and not... butcher it, yeah. Just, it's, a, it's a fine line, fine line to, work, to walk.
1: It, it is. A, it's a very hard thing to do a cover mm-hmm. and to put it on because... You want it to be your style yeah you want to respect the original but personally i i hate just listening to a cover that's just a cover though
2: i do too man i hate it when it's like so straight you know because like what's the point i just listen to the or listen to the original and that's the thing we talked about too it's like let's make some changes but not not huge but you know let's make it our own and uh so yeah that's what we tried to do of course i mean nobody will talk to you no I just want to say so but that's that was not our intention our intention was to pay homage you know so
1: of course there's the i like how you guys did all these splits and small releases it's almost like you took your craft beer release knowledge of making small batches of stuff and making it limited so people love it and then you go and release it in full once you know that everyone loves it
2: <laughs> yeah totally i mean that It wasn't that conscious, you know, it was, (laughs) it was really just, it really started for like, uh, we want to find a home for empty throne on a more widely available format. And we didn't know what that would be, whether it'd be just, you know, digitally via this thing or that thing or whatever. And, uh, I honestly think, uh, Dave from 20 bucks spin kind of pitched the idea as well. Um, and so, yeah, it was cool. We got to, We had uh, two back-to-back, we had set up two back-to-back shows here in Denver um, in December. And we, not this last one, but the year before. And uh, so we were able to set up everything to record, and we played two totally different, or almost totally different sets each night. And so we were able to set up all the recording stuff we needed you know that first day leave it for the second just track a bunch of stuff so it it was nice to be able to do that to have those shows set up and kind of try to capture that thing but it uh it was funny we had all this material to try to whittle down and choose the right thing and so what we ended up doing was picking a song from each of our albums um so bloodletting and then three gates and bereaved so with uh desolation hunted and absolution respectively so kind of the journey of the band and takes you through the the discography
1: was mr otero there he was capturing the sound
2: yeah exactly him and uh, uh our buddy chris lemos was doing sound for us there but yeah otero was there capturing the sound man so.
1: Shout out to Dave Otero.
2: Absolutely. Just
1: killing it on everything he does.
2: Yeah. And he's doing all these cool videos for recording now. And like, man, he's getting so pro at that.
1: You should definitely check out uh, Dave Otero's uh, YouTube uh, page and subscribe to that if you're interested in how all these great records come together.
2: Totally. It's worth your time.
1: I just want to touch on uh, someone's been very vocal in the brewing world, Jeffrey Stuffings. Sure from uh jester king thank you from jester king brewing he's been very very vocal on social media
2: i have a little uh jester king uh bottle opener right here so see
1: everything comes together eh? i'm a big fan i've had a few of their brews they're amazing uh he's been very vocal on social media about uh how the craft beer industry is suffering especially in in his situation where he set up like the craft beer experience when you go and drink beer at his brewery. It's, it's more than just a tap room. It's like a whole day experience and, and the, the suffering that they're happening. Uh, how do you think brewers can help themselves get through this time? Or what should people do if they, they want to help out their favorite breweries? Mm.
2: Man, um, it's really... I don't know what the right way... I don't know what the right approach is. Um, I think it's just so circumstantial to depending on what state you're in and what rules you have, um, what you're able to do, you know, for us, um, we can sell beer to go and we also now are able to deliver beer directly to people's houses. Um, yeah, so we're doing everything we can. I mean, so we can still sell to liquor stores, we can sell out of our tap room, and we can deliver to people's houses, and we're going to be doing all of those things to try to make it work. And and the, the honest truth is that we're still not making what we normally would. I mean, it still is very lean at the brewery, and we're having to defer payment as much as we can and try to work with our suppliers, which is a thing that brewers and breweries can do, is talk to your suppliers and and see what you can work out with them, obviously. But then the other thing is, is we've also applied for loans. Um, We've applied for small business loans. There's a relief um, loan that should be coming uh, down the pipeline. And so staying on top of that side of it uh, will be helpful as well from an industry side. And then, you know, I mean, my my hope from people drinking beer is like if you normally would go to a place and buy their beer to keep doing that in whatever way you can because like say you would go we have regulars who come to our tap room every day you know um, spend 15 bucks or whatever obviously maybe you can't do that and maybe you shouldn't it's maybe it's not responsible <laughs> to be leaving the house to do that but uh <laughs> You know, if you can if you can do that half as much or a quarter as much, even I mean, it really helps out. Everything helps out right now. So, um, looking into the breweries that you love and care about, and seeing you know if you're able to support them via you know actually buying their beer, or maybe even Jester King's case. I know they have a GoFundMe for their employees um, to help pay them for having to lay off a large portion of the staff. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, if you were planning a trip there or if you're, it's just hard to recommend any of that stuff because I know it's lean times for a lot of people and a lot of people are suddenly without work. The reality is a lot of help, you know, you would want to hope and think would come from the top down and we would be supported by our government. But I don't know that I have a lot of faith in that happening. I, I mean, and we can support each other as much as we can. I mean, one of the things that we can do is, is just talk to each other, share information, and talk to the people who are drinking our beer and try to be honest with them about our situation and what it looks like because it's not pretty for a lot of people, and I think that's okay to say, you know.
1: It's something that we all have to realize, yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and I I, I really, um, I've, I've kind of been keeping, like, very loose tabs on jester king because they're a huge inf- inspiration for me i mean coming from texas and i i remember when they first started releasing beer um it getting into the market and finding this bottle with a you know this beer called black metal and this dude and corpse paint on it and being like what the fuck this is awesome you know and like uh just learning more about them and i went to their first anniversary way back when right before i moved here and uh just being blown away because that that was the first showcase, um, for some of the mixed fermentation beers they had. And, um, I was just like, yeah, totally fascinated by that. And so I hate to see that, of course, you know,
1: um, it's good. I'm, I'm glad that somebody that big mm-hmm. is being so vocal about it. A lot of the times they would have like some PR person trying to do it for themselves. But, but it's, it's important when it comes from the people that actually need the help.
2: And that's the thing, you know, it's like, I think with anything, you can only be honest about it and, you know, like having that direct line of communi- communication is important. Um, so
1: one last more fun question. Sure. That's something I've started asking people. Uh, what is your hangover cure?
2: Oh man. I don't know that I have a cure anymore. I just have things that I do. Uh <laughs> So uh there's a really good
1: step 1. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, Uh I I just know I'm going to suffer. I'm like there's no curing it anymore. But I'll tell you this, uh I cannot do hair of the dog. Like I can't drink again. It shit does not it's never worked for me and it especially doesn't work for me now that I'm getting into my mid thirties. It's like my body's just not having that. So, um, so no booze, number one, (laughs) not, not a good thing. Um, uh, the other thing I do is if I have it, I'll drink an emergency. Um, for some reason I like to do that. And then if I'm home there's a really good Thai food place up the street that I will order delivered to the house because I'm, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not leaving. <laughs> um, so I actually, okay, yeah, emergency, eat a bunch of spicy noodles and uh, watch TV and drink a bunch of water and that's it. And uh, if I'm feeling like I'm rounding the corner enough, I'll, I'll drink coffee. That's like... But I have to be careful with that because if I'm just super dehydrated, that'll that'll ruin everything immediately so i can't start i can't wake up and drink coffee i gotta wait to see where i'm at
1: the wise words from the man that makes the beer so everyone listen so so when when does this new chemist ep come out
2: yeah so doomed heavy metal comes out uh april 17th um so just in a few weeks here and yeah man i'm really i'm really excited about it too because i think it'll give something for people to to focus on and Kind of the rainbow and the dark cover is a fun thing. And to me, this album as a whole, even though it's got some depressing songs on it, uh, is kind of a fun release. And that was the whole whole idea behind it. It's like, man, you remember when like bands in the seventies used to put out just like fun albums, like Fog Hat Live or whatever? <laughs> like, yeah, that was awesome, you know? <laughs> that was really cool.
1: Now, now we're all serious. We work for Well
2: it's it's like not everything has to be a magnum opus, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like metal's a genre especially where that's often the case, the view is like, this has to be the the ultimate release and it's like ah, I just wanna put out this cool collection of things. Is that okay? You know? So that's what we're doing and I'm excited to do that.
1: Zach, thank you so much for coming back. Yeah man. Having a chat with me on Vox and Hops. Sharing a Quebec beer, which is amazing. Cheers, brother. Cheers. Cheers. Hey, thank you all so, so much for listening right to the end. You know that I love and appreciate that. I love sitting down with Zach because he's not only a metal musician, but he happens to be a fantastic fucking brewer. I liked uh, digging into him. He was actually the first brewer that I've spoken to since COVID-19 has begun. I had to ask him some questions about how the industry is suffering. I've been mentioning this on a lot of my previous episodes, and I'm going to mention it again right now. During COVID-19, during this crisis, during this economic crisis, which is about to come, it is very important to support the things that you love. Support the local craft beer industry. It would be a shame if they were a victim to COVID-19. Support the artists that you love because they have always been there for you. We all need to come out of COVID-19 stronger and better. The craft beer industry and the music industry as well. I hope you guys have a great rest of the week. I got another episode coming for you on Friday. But until then, remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Fox and Hopsets!
0: This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant, evergreen back catalog of episodes, We've had rock legends such as Dee Snider and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and -and up-and-coming artists of today such as Liz Stokes of The Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts. And new episodes come out every Monday.